How's it going, everybody? This is Andy McCullough from The Athletic here with Pedro Mora, also of The Athletic. You are listening to Describes of Summer, a show about the Los Angeles Dodgers. We are back after a week hiatus. Pedro, how's it going, man? Hey, Andy. It's going pretty well. How are you doing? How's life? I am okay. I am okay. We are coming to Dodgers fans live about an hour after the trade deadline as the news of Ross Stripling's uh, deportation to Canada via Buffalo has been announced. It's a dark day for this podcast. We will miss Stripling, the only active player to appear on this podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. And the Dodgers yeah. will miss him too, although he is uh, he's not pitched uh, to his best in 2020. Yeah. It seems like he's just been giving up too many dingers. Yeah, he uh, he spent a lot of the offseason working on uh, his changeup and and, mm-hmm. and improving his velocity on his fastball. But uh, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, you know, I mean, it's still so so soon into the season, right? We don't want to make yeah. any concrete conclusions. But the fastball command that had been sort of his his strength in the last four seasons had been absent. Uh, he'd been missing much more regularly than in years past, and so. When you miss with a you know a low nineties fastball, major league hitters hit it for home runs. Yeah, well, uh, you know, Stripling uh, is and was a very uh, cordial fellow to deal with. Uh, one of my favorites. Uh, he was also a pretty good pitcher for the Dodgers for several years. Um, but it's a sign of the depth of this club that they can just you know I mean you don't often see teams in first place being having their only move at the deadline being just kind of like dealing off depth but that's sort of where the Dodgers are at how would you sort of analyze the, their general inactivity at the deadline and how does it set up for the season's final month yeah I mean I think we're probably in agreement with this you know I'm looking at all the players that were traded today right how many of them would would have a, a role to play not even necessarily a significant role to play but a role to play on the Dodgers how many uh okay I got one right there's Clevenger. there's a re, there's a couple relievers here and yeah. there who had good years like David Phelps right. has been really good I mean Phelps I guess like good Archie has Archie uh, been good? No, not really. No, okay. Uh, like Kevin Pillar, maybe. Like he's okay. <laughs> he's okay. Like he's okay. I, you know. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm with you. I'm just looking through the list of guys who got traded. You know, Clevenger definitely. Yes, Clevenger. Uh, yes. Obviously, that's the one. Um, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I just heard of him yesterday, but Austin Nola. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like whoever that guy is, I don't know. Aaron's brother. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, maybe him. Trevor Rosenthal. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, y- yes, the, your larger point, though, is that uh, the needle is very difficult to move when you are the Los Angeles Dodgers, and really only Mike Clevenger moved the needle, uh, and that also required a pretty... Significant uh, outlay. Yeah, a significant outlay, and also a pretty um, meaningful set of circumstances leading up to it, in that... You know, Clevenger, uh, you know, the the Indians said today that, you know, Chris Antonetti said that what happened, you know, with the incident in Chicago had no effect on his standing uh, with the with the team. Uh, maybe. Maybe that's true. You know, I, I OK, we'll take him at their word for it. But there are very few teams in baseball who are as good at developing starting pitchers and as averse to paying them 
as the Cleveland Indians are. And so considering where Clevenger was in his ARB cycle and what with the other guys, the younger, cheaper guys who they produced who can provide uh, you know, similar uh, production, it makes sense that he would be a guy who got moved. He has been one of the longest rumored trade candidates in the <laughs> yeah. sport, I would say, you know, including with the Dodgers. Um, yeah, and so while we can take Anadia's word for the fact that the incident did not affect his standing in the organization, I think it's fair to say that it affected his standing in other in other organizations yeah, I mean, and how they evaluated him. Right. That's a good point. And so even if it doesn't yeah. change you, it, it, how you see him, it does. You know, right. certainly with the others. Right. There's an explanation that has to be offered. Right. When you make a trade like that at this time, so. When you make a trade for him, you know, if you accept him, you have to explain that you trust that he will not, you know, put your other, put your players at risk. Right. Which, you know, I mean, look, like, let's, you know, let's give the guy the benefit of the doubt and hope that he, he does, obviously. But uh, I think it's safe to say that it, it didn't help his standing with Cleveland and it probably didn't help his standing in the industry, <laughs> you know, in any sort of meaningful way to be involved in a situation like that. Also, he was not, uh, he was not pitching particularly well. And, yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's I mean, I don't he's know. A good pitcher. Only, he's, he's, he's only he's four a, starts. Yeah. He's a, um, he would have fit in the Dodgers top three. He is not like, he is, what, what did you have him in your ace list? Like he's a, he, what is he? Like a, he's a two or a three. He's not an ace. He's like a three. Yeah. I think he's a three. Yeah. yeah. Which is good. Like you'd like a three, but uh, if you have to give up a ton to get him and you are the Dodgers who have a lot of good pitchers. Like yeah. doesn't, it makes absolutely no sense. I thought if they could get, uh, you know, a deal for Lance Lynn at a relatively reasonable price, that makes sense because he would be back next year. But even then, Lynn is, you know, starting game three of a postseason series. Yeah, how much better yeah. are either of those guys than Dustin May? I guess is your is your plan, right? That's better, the but how much? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know enough to enough to change the team's, you know, World Series percentage maybe a percentage point i don't know i mean dustin may's been pretty good this year that's <laughs> what i'm saying pretty, i mean yeah. maybe, so, I said maybe maybe like may top be. end top yeah. end is a percentage point i mean yeah. of course if they lose you know in a, in a best of three series to the reds Oof. we're gonna be out Oof. here criticizing you know their, their yeah. lack of of action but at the same but the, the circumstances are just yeah it's hard for me to criticize the team for not doing more i'm writing uh, a column just kind of big picture on like this sort of uh the scourge of expanded playoffs. Um, and I think there's lots of uh, uh, potential, you know, risks for the sort of health of the sport. Uh, but the one that will apply most to the Dodgers is just the idea of having to play a three round, three game playoff or three game series to start. It's just, it's so like demeaning almost, you know, to like some of these teams that this is how they're going to decide it. Yeah. Know? If anything, they should have expanded the five, the best of five first round to best of seven. And they, instead right. they went the opposite way. I mean, I already thought a best of five was, was unfair for a team. Yeah. That, that was as good as, as the one seeds can be. I mean, they might face yeah. the freaking Marlins in the first round. <laughs> like, <laughs> They yeah. can play the Reds, who are not good. No, right? but they have some pitching. They can line up Sonny Gray, Trevor Bauer, and Luis Castillo, which, like, that objectively sucks to face, you know? In a but situation even, like, where, yeah, if they're playing, the, they're playing the Phillies, right? The Phillies have a losing record. The Phillies could start Wheeler and Nola, who are both good. They have Bryce Harper and JT Real Muto. Like, those guys could swing a, a Yeah, I like, I like the Phillies. I like the Phillies a little you bit. Know? I'm, I'm they pretty could, high on them. They could play the Mets, and Jacob deGrom could crush them in one game, and then they could, you know, a, a reliever could pitch badly in another one, and they're out. Mm -hmm. People have been 
complaining about the unfairness of the baseball playoffs for time immemorial, you know, like at some point your best players have to play their best at the most important time, which is the thing that the Dodgers, um, you know, have been unable to do outside of 2017 where they were going up against some factors that were outside of their control. Just from a, the basic st standpoint of trying to determine who's the best team in the sport, like adding variance never seems like a good idea. I am with you. And I question whether this will really enrich interest from fans in the sport like the league seems to hope it will like is there really going to be that much pe that many people tuning into the rockies dodgers first round series best of three <laughs> like people from not those markets i just i just question it let's take a second so i can tell you about our sponsor today manscaped manscaped has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels the manscaped boxer briefs have optimal temperature control with their crop cooling technology while keeping your pride and joy supported pair these boxer briefs with their ph balance liquid products like the crop preserver and you're ready for anything get 20% off and free shipping with the code the athletic 20 at manscaped.com that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code the athletic 20 from the moose to the caboose always use the right tools for the job you know I think we've both been pretty uh, open about our uh, skepticism of the necessity of the 2020 season uh, and obviously the 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 players specifically have done a wonderful job maintaining discipline discipline and be you know following the protocols and taking this seriously and they should be 100% commended for that um but I feel like I had a point and I kind of lost it where was I going with this Pedro I, I couldn't tell man you you were you were doing a long preamble to sort of I say know. something about I started doing a preamble and then I lost it yeah what Stop was your with point? The throat clearing uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, I had already, uh, I, I think we had moved on. I didn't have any, I was just listening to you. Oh man, I had a point and now I'm going to be frustrated. What we had said, what we were talking about, Andy, <laughs> was that the sport is unfair and I didn't think people were very interested in the new playoffs, which, oh. which are the upside of, of the unfairness. Yeah. And I think the downside risk with that is that you get a world series that has two teams who like casual fans are just not uh, interested in. You get the whatever, the Rays, Marlins, or something. I don't know. So It could happen. Okay, so the Dodgers probably shouldn't be nervous about the Padres in 2020 because no one should really be nervous about anything baseball-related in 2020. But uh, moving forward, do you think the addition of Clevenger, while still not giving up really much of their prospect core, puts any you know, worry into the Dodgers with San Diego over the next couple of years? Uh, I don't know if worry is the right word, but this is clearly the team that is going to be their chief competition for the, yeah. until, until San Francisco's ready. Right. I think that's, I feel pretty comfortable with that. I, I don't know how far the way the Giants are. It's hard to say. Yeah. But uh, it's certainly, yeah, the, the, the Padres have a lot of young talent. They just, they yeah. do. And Clevenger, you know, if, if, Paddock can you know regain where he was a year ago. Then all that's a that's a really nice looking rotation. It is a good move. I think it is obviously reminiscent as Dennis Lynn, our Dennis Lynn has reported, is reminiscent of the last time AJ Preller made a flurry of moves, which mm -hmm. did not work out well at all in San Diego. Right. But the, what they were able to do this time is, like you said, keep their top five prospects. Right. Although it does seem like I'm not, I'm not a prospect expert by any means, but it does seem like some of the fellows they gave up to Cleveland uh, have a chance. And there's it's it was certainly a. Um, there's, there's some talent and quality in addition to the quantity there. They gave up some real stuff for Clevenger, but they didn't give up, like, you know, Mackenzie Gore or, like, Luis Patino or, you know, like, they they, they didn't give up the, the top end of the system. They, they pulled from the middle, it seems like. Yes, which is better than the top. 
Right. And which is what, you know, like good teams have been doing for, you know, the Dodgers. That's what the Dodgers have made. That's what Andrew Friedman's like prime trade deadline. You know, it it was like... When in when they were trading for you Darvish, they wanted Verdugo, and instead they got AJ Alexi and Brendan Davis and yeah. Willie Calhoun, right? And that enables you to get Mookie Betts two years down the right. line, right? Right. So. The same sort of idea with uh, you know with Manny Machado, right? Is they like they gave up you know a bunch Zach of interesting and, players and yeah, Juice but Diaz, but mm-hmm. yeah, no one who like you see playing in the majors now, and you're like, oh, they gave that guy up. I think the most talent they ever gave up would have been for the. Rich Hill, Josh Reddick deal just because Frankie Montas was in it. Yeah, that um, the kid they gave up to Pittsburgh for for Tony Watson has is looks looks interesting. O'Neill oh. Cruz, he's like six foot eleven and a shortstop. He's not oh, actually that a, tall. He's a tall man. Though. I, there was another good one. So I was on the, the Astros baseball reference page. Mm-hmm. The man who is uh, fourth on their team in uh, B War is a pitcher named Andre Scrub. Yeah, he's former Dodger. Yeah, I didn't know that. They just- <laughs> Oh. They, tra- they traded him for Tyler White. Yes. Whoa, he's got good numbers. I watched his major league debut. It was against the Dodgers in that series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's a big boy. Yeah. Big fella. Yeah. yeah. Big, yeah. big guy. Big strong man. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. You know, maybe, I don't know, maybe Andrew Friedman isn't the genius that uh, I guess I purport him to be. Yeah, there's another prospect they traded to the Astros um, <laughs> <laughs> who is not mentioned uh, uh, yeah. in this. Yes. I don't remember. I don't remember that one. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't either. Right. We will be back after this. Hey, so uh, you were uh, off the grid last week, I guess, but obviously uh, last week was a pretty momentous one for both professional sports and uh, the Dodgers. And I was just curious, like from afar, what your takeaways were from the way that, uh, you know, Mookie Betts stepped up to use his platform to, uh, you know, raise awareness after the shooting of, of Jacob Blake and also the way that, you know, the Dodgers clubhouse seemed to uh, rally around him in a way that several other teams, I guess, were more delayed in doing. I thought that it was, uh, it was fascinating to see Betts react the way that he did. Uh, you know, for the first several years of his career, people close to him said that he was hesitant to react in such a way that would, you know, call attention to himself off the field. Um, and it, I think it clearly demonstrates that he now has understood that he has a platform and that that the, the situation demands him to take action. And so he did. And um, I think it's fascinating to consider, you know, what what would what would the Dodgers have done this week if last week if not for you know Mookie Betts, right? Would yeah. would the, would someone else in the room have spoken up? Would they have made the same action? Ultimately, I, I do not know. Um, yeah, keeping up with it while off uh, was was jarring. Just in that you cover sports, you you expect that you take any time off. Think you know you're, the team you cover might do something unexpected. Yeah. But I did not expect mm-hmm. to see um, you know the, when the first aim cancellations occurred. You know that was that that took me by surprise. Um, it's just not something that we're conditioned to expect. But as you follow it more, it's an encouraging sign that athletes. To me, I'm speaking for myself. It's an encouraging sign that athletes now understand or are re, have a renewed understanding understanding of the impact their uh, their actions and lack of actions can can have just by sitting out for, for one evening and playing a doubleheader the following day and the attention they can draw. It was um it's a it's a thing to be hopeful about, you know, in a world that has a lot of things that don't induce much hope. Yeah, I mean I think it was also an example of, you know, two guys uh, come you know, both Mookie Betts and all show, you know, I think about Clayton Kershaw who's been pretty vocal about these issues mattering to him and speaking out against racial injustice and stand and most importantly though standing by his black teammates and 
I thought it was impressive to see the way that the rest of the room, you know, Mookie Betts is the only African-American player on the Dodgers, and I think it showed, uh, I think, an understanding from his teammates of both the interpersonal nature and the larger, you know, importance of the moment that they wanted to stand by him. And so, um, yeah, I mean, as you said, like, it was the, it was a sort of rare thing that does give you hope that, you know, people want to make a difference and to speak out and to raise awareness for things that for years and years and years, I mean, the, the, the outer world did not pierce the bubble of baseball, you know, and so often, you know, it was seen as essentially the responsibility of, you know, frankly, like black players to have to, you know, speak out about these things because white players wouldn't do it. You know, managers wouldn't do it. There was no one who would discuss what was happening, you know, with, you know, Tamir Rice or Michael Brown or, you know, all these just horrific cases over the years. And so I think it is a, a sign of progress at the very least that, as you said, you know, athletes understand that their platform matters and they need to use it when, when presented with the opportunity. Yes. I think we still, you know, we're still some way from, from players, as you said, you know, teams that don't have prominent black players, you know, took or took days to, to reach the same action and that sort of thing. There's yeah. still a lot of progress to be made. But the Mookie Betts yeah. decision, you know, that he essentially recommended to, to his teammates, you know, uh, illustrated a lot of what can be done with a person who speaks up. Just one person. Because of him, they they reacted, right? They responded to what he said. He was he was forceful yeah. enough and persuasive enough in, in illustrating why it was so important to him that they so reacted. Right. Well, it's this isn't the important thing to take out of this, but it's very clear. That, that, that this is his team like he is the leader of the club at this point it would certainly seem he you know he is the sort of guy who you know has the the most prominent voice in the room at this point and as it should be i think that you know he's the, probably the second best player in the sport and you know he is by all accounts the exact sort of player you want to build around the exact sort of person you want to build around so that's that's the sort of uh, leadership. You yeah, want. I suppose it helps that he didn't enter into a, a clubhouse where any player was protective of their status as as a as a club leader or something like that. You know, they have the, their voices that will remain, including Kershaw's and Justin Turner's as the leaders. But but uh, yeah. I think they're happy to cede to some of that at least to bets. The one thing that that always struck me about you know during the years when I was around the Dodgers, right? Like the leaders of the team were you know Clayton Kershaw, Justin Turner, Kenley Jansen, and Chase Utley. And the unifying concept among all those guys is they very badly would like to win a World Series. And I know that that sounds like a fairly, you know, like trite or obvious point. But if you spend enough time in clubhouses, that is not always the unifying conceit. And a player like Mookie Betts fits into that uh, sort of mode seamlessly, essentially. Yes, and he's he's such a comfortable player playing baseball. The way he the way he plays the game. I mean, it's it's downright like beautiful. I think to watch like someone like that play on a regular basis, and you can understand why, <laughs> so, like teammates so quickly. I mean, I think what's interesting about this yeah. is just that it all happened within a month, right? I think when yeah. you you would, if you had asked me like in the next if Mookie Betts is going to play for the Dodgers for thirteen years, four years down the line, will he will he be the team leader? Right. I would have said yes, absolutely. You know, but if you had asked me mm-hmm. in March, like, would he be the team leader come August? I would have said, I don't think so. Well, it is a strange season. Um, hey, so, all right, we can wrap up shortly. The Dodgers are playing the uh, D-backs this week. We both like the D-backs. Why? Are, they stink. What? Uh, what? Yeah, they do what, stink. What went awry? Uh, I, I, I do not know. They traded, they traded Starling Marte. Robbie they traded Ray, Archie. Yeah. 
Yeah, they traded Robbie Ray. I guess that's the You right want to play a, a quick game? Okay, Robbie Ray has thrown okay. 31 innings this season. Okay, guess how many <laughs> guess how many strikeouts he's had, and guess how many walks he's he surrendered. Ah, uh, strikeouts forty five, walks twenty. Okay, you're under by nine total. Can you reconfigure what your numbers where you think they are best? Fit? Uh, what, I have the difference is nine. I don't understand math. He has a total of a uh, of seventy four, and you guessed a total of uh, <laughs> of uh, sixty sixty five. I think. Oh my yeah. gosh. Uh, okay. Uh, add seven walks and two strikeouts. I don't know. <laughs> Thirty-one walks and forty-three strikeouts. I've never seen anything like Wait, that. He's, his, he's got a nine. His strike strikeout rate is twelve and a half. Wow. And his walk rate is nine. Wow. Yeah. How about that, huh? Yeah. I, wow. This is a very Robbie Ray season from Robbie Ray. <laughs> you could probably find a pitcher wow. who, who who put up those numbers in a two hundred inning season, Man. like in the eighties. You know. I mean, like it's uh, yeah. That's like a that's like a bad Randy Johnson season. Uh, yeah, I mean, with Ro- Robbie Ray, like it was one of those where, uh, you know, I would be talking to people like before the season uh, about like whether or not, or, you know, during the pandemic, like should Robbie Ray or like impending free agents opt out? And you know, it, this was kind of before the service time issue was decided, where they like had to, you know, they had to play. But it's like, man, he's going to be a free agent, and it is just. Oof, you, like that is a, a not a good platform to go out on, you know. No. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, the Dodgers are better than the D-backs. That's that's fair, <laughs> fair to say. <laughs> and the D-backs, the D-backs just traded, you know, three of their most prominent players, including in Starling Marte, the guy who might be their best hitter. So I guess they're they're just going to go not full rebuild, but like. Brewers A's. I mean, what was the I point guess? of keeping their? Pl- I mean, they, they, they like their record is they have they have like no, eleven there's wins. None. Yeah. There's none. There's none. There's none. But they were also a team who was trying to win eighty eight games mm-hmm. this year. Well, they so, might have. You know, in a I, I still think in a normal yeah. one hundred and sixty two yeah. game season, they might have won eighty something games. Yeah, they're fourteen and twenty one. Certainly yeah. true. All right. Well, uh, this was a good one. We will be back on Thursday. We can wrap up a series with the D backs, and we will be back to talk more Dodgers baseball. Have a good one.